Fly ball, left field, it's deep. And it is Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. This is episode number five. And as ever, I am joined by Ryan Owen from Rotor Tricks. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Absolute pleasure to be with you this week, Dave. How's, how's your week been, mate? I've had a fantastic week. It's been up and down weather in the north, but I've enjoyed it and I've enjoyed the baseball, which is the absolute main thing. Yep, the, the season, the month, the week has. Uh, has has gone how the whole month's gone so far. We've had a good week, bad week, good week, bad week, and now we've got on the back of a good week. Uh, before we get into that, uh, anyone who can get to London on Sunday, Bank Holiday Sunday, uh, down to Passion Avenue, I'll be down there and hoping to have a few more UK Philly fans down there to watch the Phillies be the Nationals. Uh, start time is 7.05, so if you can get to London, it'll be fantastic to see you. Uh, we'll watch it be a good game. National fans, welcome as well if you're listening. Come on down. Um, but that'd be awesome. Uh, but Ryan, let's go into what has been the end of a, a good week and overall end of a month. Uh, jump into the Marlins series. Um, Nola looked look better. We're talking Marlins. We lost 3-1, but Aaron went 6.2 innings. Just the one run allowed, uh, four strikeouts. It looked better from Aaron, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, he seems to be settling down a little bit. Um, I, met, I heard someone sort of mention on Twitter last night that he seems to be getting control of the curveball now. And uh, maybe if the fastball and the changeup come along with it and he starts to get a feel for it as we get into the warmer months, then we can get our Aaron Nola of 2018 back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I stayed up for the first, uh, I think it was, I stayed up for the first three innings just to see Nola. See how he's getting on that curveball. Looks so much better. Um, home run by Sean Rodriguez. You said in the last podcast he's got a little bit of pop. Bang, home run for, for Sean, who's, who's not done actually too badly, has he? No, nice little fill-in, I think. Um, it's nice that we've sort of got Gene back. Um, there was a bit of a scare with that. I mean, that's a whole different story. That was absolutely vicious, the, the pitch to the helmet. Um Fortunately, he seems to have escaped anything serious there. But Sean Rodriguez has filled in nicely, and I'll stand by that. Yeah, I think a better fill-in than Gosling, really, at least offensively, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also a bit of versatility. Played in, I know he played in left field last night, but he's played in the infield. So he's actually turned out to be a better fill than, than what we probably imagined. I know when Sean was called up, a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, Sean Rodriguez, really, after the spring he had? But it's... It's gone well um, so far anyway. Um, but with Herrera due back on Sunday, uh, I think we'll see a bit less of Sean as the month goes on. Hopefully, anyway, if no more injuries. And then we saw Jared Eikhoff, who was, uh, who was absolutely outstanding. Seven innings, just two hits, no runs allowed, one walk, six strikeouts, an ERA of 2.12. Jared Eikhoff, man, what a performance. What an outing. Yeah, that I even I wasn't expecting that, and I know that um, people could say it's the Marlins, but we've seen we've seen some very good pitchers uh, this year get blown up by the Marlins, and 
you know, I've said before, these are major league players. These are, are guys that are capable, you know. We're not talking about a triple-A team or a double-A team here just because they're one of the poorer teams. You've got to get the job done. And, wow, Eikhoff definitely got the job done. Yeah, this, this was 2016, Jared Eikhoff. This is what we saw from him uh, when he first came up in his full season. Now, this is the, the you know, he's had two horrible, horrible injuries Uh he had also he had off season got injured again, then had a, a slight twinge in spring training again another setback, and he's just come back and finally fingers crossed um, he's going to stay fit he's going to stay healthy because he'll be crucial for us, and this is so encouraging to see for Mykoff who's done really well since coming in as a as a reliever earlier on in the month, uh, his ERA is two point one two yeah this this is really encouraging isn't it. It's a really nice start. He, he does get his strikeouts. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but he's capable of getting by the, the major league bats. Um, the one question mark with him is always, he, he can be quite hittable, um, but that keeps his whip a bit higher than we perhaps would have liked. But if he can keep his control in check and keep missing bats, there's no reason that he can't have a, a career year at 28 years old. It's a perfect age for it. It certainly is. And the bullpen held their own. It was a 4-0 shutout. Harper, that was the last time Harper homered, actually. Uh, and Franco, again, home run. JT, also a home run. And like you said, Segura comes back in from injury. The, the place is lifted. Instantly gives us a, a lift, a boost, and then smack that head. Man, I was, I was like, oh, that's nasty. That was so nasty. Yeah, that was that was a scary moment. Um, but it's interesting. I think I don't want to misquote Gabe Kaplery, but am I right in saying that even he said it's amazing how putting this one name back into the lineup gives the whole lineup a different feel? And I think he's really right on that because, as we did mention last week, that the lower half of the lineup was starting to look a little weak compared to the top half with some of the injuries, and Segura's probably. We can afford to lose Herrera for a couple of weeks. We can perhaps afford to lose Kingery for a couple of weeks. But to lose Gene Segura, your leadoff guy, with such great contact skills, is a, is a big blow. So it's really nice to get him back. Well, and it showed. It showed the performances. We've won. Uh, we've just lost one game since he's been back. We've won the rest. We're also scoring runs. We've got a 12-9 win the following day, then a 5-1 win. And another seven runs battling last night with Segura back in the lineup. So, yeah, it makes a massive... Just him getting on base, keeping the chains moving, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, the, the third game was a, was an incredible game, 12-9. I watched it till 12, till 10-1. It was about 2 a.m. and I thought, I can't, I can't hold any longer. I think that was a Saturday night. Um, went to bed 10-1 up. I thought, this, is, this isn't a bag. No worries, Ariata. After all his comments, I had, a, had a, not the best of outings at all. Five innings, nine hits, five earned runs, two walks. Yeah. You know, Jake gave it all the all the chat in the in the last game in the media, and this was not a good outing for Jake. He's a, he's a little lucky that none of the players on the offensive side came out and said, "Hey, you know, we did our job." But the pitcher just, you know, it, it, he didn't bring his best feel to the game today. And, you know, he's, he's rather lucky. But, no, I'm, I'm sort of joking. Um, his comments were odd, as we know. But the idea is baseball's a team game, you know. And sometimes your pitcher's going to have a great outing and your offense is going to struggle. You might win 1-0. 
sometimes your pitch has gone to have a short outing and you need that offense to, to, to pick them up and to, and to give them a load of run support. And you can also win that way. We're, we're playing a team game, but I, I'm with you. I stayed up. Um, it was 10-1 and I actually got into bed and <laughs> kept MLB at bat on and quickly saw that it was like 10-5 or something. And I had to say to my fiance, you know, I need to turn my phone off because this is getting a li- little closer <laughs> than I like and I won't be able to fall asleep if I sort of see it get to 10-8. So I missed all the drama, thankfully. Thankfully, I did as well. I went, I went, went, to, went to sleep 10-1 up and I was very happy. Uh, <laughs> yes, smiling, that's way to do Smiling it. as I slept and then woke up to, what? Um, <laughs> uh, did you see the, the, the McCutcheon gold glove dive in centre field? Yes. The yeah. incredible catch. And everybody going, oh, he's got bad knees. He can't be in centre field. Oh, he, he, I know he dropped one later on that game as well, but that would have been a good effort to get that. But Kutch just, just continues to impress me defensively and with the bat. Yeah, he's a, he's a leader. And I think when I was in Philly for the sort of opening series, the main thing that I took away from that was how athletic Andrew McCutcheon just looks for a start. I mean, he has kept his body in fantastic shape. I mean, it's really noticeable when you look at him. You just think, yeah, you're a professional sportsman. And he behaves like one as well. And he's positive and he's fun and he's very, very good. So I'm glad that we, we picked up Coach, I have to be honest. He's, he's the more I see him, the more, he's the more and more invaluable that, that man is. Neres did the save. Um, Hoskins, two home run, Jack Mann. Hoskins came through clutch in that game because it was, what, it was 10-9 before Hoskins hit that uh, two-run jack in the bottom of the eighth. Whew, we needed that. McCut- uh, Williams and Kutch also got home runs in that game. And then we followed it on with a 5-1 win the day later. And Zach Eflin. This time impressing. A complete game. Nine innings, just seven hits, one earned run, uh, three strikeouts. His ERA is now down to 3.34. But that was, again, like Eikhoff, really, really encouraging for Zach Eflin. It was impressive because um, we'll remember that his sort of third outing of the year, I think it was, which was his least good, was also against the Marlins. And he struggled. Um, So to come back against that same team and to put in such a fantastic performance like that was was just great to see. And it's why we always need to be careful not to throw pitchers, especially under the bush, under the bus when they have a, a bad day at the office. Because if you've got skills, um, eventually it will come good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, four game series, Phillies won three of them. A good 3-1 series win against the Marlins. That now takes us to five and two against the Marlins in the two times he played them this month. That's going to be really important to carry that going, isn't it? If we can, okay, we maybe drop one a series, but if we can win the other two or the three, that's gonna that's gonna be really important because that's where we slipped up last year. Our record against the Marlins was terrible last year, and it it really made a difference to us winning the pennant and uh, challenging the Braves at the top. But this year, five and two so far, and uh, we won't meet them now for quite a while. Overall, in that series, twenty two runs scored, just eleven against, and no errors, which is also just as important after the horrid week they had last week with the errors. There was no errors in that series, and a good series, wouldn't you say, Ryan? Really all good. All. I mean, really good. If if we can just avoid facing Caleb Smith whenever we face the Marlins, we'll never lose a game. That's basically yeah. the situation. I mean, that guy is. He had another good out in uh, this week. I think that was last night against. Cleveland, I think I want to say seven innings, one run. 
he is starting yeah. to look like a very, very nice pitcher for the Marlins. And maybe that trade return is sort of getting heftier by the day. <laughs> is ERA is too well. Well, Nick Williams has waved a flag in here. Come get me flag. But would, would Marlins want Williams? They would want a lot more for Kev Smith than just Nick Williams, wouldn't they? We put a package together. <laughs> Why? What? Nick Williams has said he wants to go to Miami, or what? What are you saying? Oh, there's nothing. Who, <laughs> now, who reported this? I saw on Twitter yesterday that that Nick Williams openly said, um, "I'm being traded. I'm just waiting for the day I get traded, or I'm waiting for the moment oh. call I get traded." Um, and he looked very, very down and negative and down and out. Uh, who was it? I don't want to say. T- I don't want to throw someone on the bus for saying something they haven't said. But I definitely, I definitely saw it yesterday. Someone said. Uh, they saw Nick Williams being interviewed, and that, that's where his words. He's waiting to be traded. Um, he looks very, very, very down. Hey, that's a very strange thing for someone to say. I mean, there there is outfield depth, so I can understand where he's coming from, but to say it is quite odd. Yeah, and Nick Williams has two op- minor league options left, which actually means that even though I think he might be the best of the ones backing up Herrera once he comes back, he might actually be the one that gets sent down, which is, you know, they can keep Sean Rodriguez up um, and have him as this sort of utility guy. Um, I think they would want Kingery up over Phil Goslin for sure when he's back. But then if it becomes between Altair and Nick Williams, well, Altair doesn't have any minor league options remaining. So, so he'll be in you you would have to send Nick Williams down. Um, so I, maybe they won't trade him. Maybe he'll just get sort of <laughs> left for dead in AAA, which might be even worse. So I don't. Maybe you should cheer up and hope for a trade. I don't know. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because you, because surely you're taking your trade value down by saying you want to be traded. Because now teams know that Nick Williams is eager to go, and there's no point keeping him if he doesn't want to be there. It just defeats the morale of the locker. You don't want somebody who doesn't want to be there, who doesn't want to play for the team around the locker room, it's just bad vibes. In any sport, I play a sport where someone doesn't want to be there and if they're moping about, it sort of brings everybody else down. So it's 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 a sad situation and it's a sad situation and it's sad how it's come about. It's it's a shame for Nick Williams because I, I do rate him, um, but it's just it's just not working out, is it? Um, I'd say I've, as a player, I like him. I wasn't aware of this situation actually, uh, Dave, but He's got some power. He 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 does that. He strikes out way too much. But if he, if he can make a, even a little bit more contact, it could be thirty home run power for the right team if he was playing every day. So you know maybe someone will take a, a risk on him, but it certainly won't be Williams for Caleb Smith, like you said. They're they're going to want more, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But he, he did home run that 12, 12 nine game against the Marlins, so he's he's got the pop still. Uh, it takes on to just the two games against the Tigers. We we made an error. They just made no errors that we made now. We thought it was three games against the Tigers, didn't we? Because we <laughs> predicted what five. We both predicted five two, which I'm I'm taking it. We were right, but it was obviously four two in the end over the week. First game against the Tigers, really disappointing. Vince Velasquez, the old the old Vince came back, didn't it? Just a three point two winning, six hits, uh, three earned runs, still seven strikeouts. Um, but yeah, that was disappointing from Vince. But it it sums up the month. It just it just epitomised the month. That loss, that performance, that that outing from Vince. It just the inconsistency of it all, which we haven't had this month, was just summarised in that game, wasn't it? Yeah, difficult day at the office. And I don't know there were all these sort of 
hyperbolic reports of booze at the stadium and stuff because it was such a frustrating day. Although I'm pretty sure that the American national media just waits for one man to boo in Philadelphia and then the, the story is basically that the whole of Philadelphia is <laughs> yeah. full of scumbags who just go to the ballpark to abuse their own players. So it, it's, that is a bit, uh, bit too much. Yeah, I think I would just say that there was a lad on Facebook, and I apologise, maybe you can help me tell me who it was. He did say that the positive from that game was that then the bullpen came in and went the whole rest that of the game without giving up an earned run. Now, I really liked that. Yeah, that was Marcus, was it? Marcus Lopez. Marcus Lopez, yeah, it was. I really liked that sort of attitude because you're right, Vince struggled a little bit, but three runs, if your bullpen can then come in, and that's the benefit of having Zach Eflin having gone a complete game earlier in the week, of having had Jared Eikhoff go seven innings earlier in the and week. And the day off, the, the day before as well, we and had the, the Monday day off. off. Exactly, mate. So there were positives from that game, and perhaps the biggest negative was that the offense just never really got it together. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Morgan, Adam Morgan, still on a zero ERA for the month, the whole month of, of not allowing a run. What a what an amazing surprise that man has been. Yeah, he's uh you know, we, we need lefties in the bullpen. The, the only two lefties in the bullpen right now are Morgan and Alvarez, and we've both discussed our concerns with Alvarez, which are which remains so for me. Um so Morgan is the go-to lefty and that is needed, and I hope he keeps it up because he's really proven very valuable. And just after that game, I've got some stats here, Ryan. I've been on baseball reference, I've got oh, been a little Getting uh, get my head around that website. Just get some stats are going. And uh, the last seven days, the Phillies have the second lowest ERA in the whole of the MLB. Ah, for all those concerns that people have, we've had a nice ball little bullpen. By the way, that's bullpen. Oh, bullpen. Bullpen. Second lowest ERA in the MLB. Now, granted, we've had a day off on Monday. They didn't even get involved in in the Eflin's game, but there there are encouraging signs there. And everyone's sort of worrying. I know a guy on Twitter yesterday was worrying about the bullpen, saying the bullpen's to blame for a lot of this. But actually, the bullpen is is one of the best. It's certainly one of the better, not if possibly the best in the division. Yeah, I, I think it's a strength. I've said that. I think that sometimes we've worried more about the bullpen because we haven't had that one go-to guy. But if I'm just looking at the list now, can I talk about guys that I actually do sort of trust? Well, Neris, yes. Dominguez, Nishek, Morgan, certainly those four, I think, are sort of bona fide members of that bullpen now. Um, we'll wait and see what happens with Alvarez, Nicasio, Ramos, and Dolos Santos, who's probably up temporarily while we're waiting for someone else to come back. But then there are other guys that we can go to, Dave. I mean, Austin Davis is back down in AAA right now. Is another lefty who could come up and help. Um, and of course, well, we've got. He has, hasn't he? He came up earlier on in the month. Just, I think it was just for a game. Came in, uh, got a save. I think he got a save and then got sent back down again. But yeah, you're right. We, we've, we've got those options. Who was the other one you are about to say? Well, I was just going to mention that there's three bullpen arms on the injured list. <laughs> so like, we, we'll wait to see how they pan out. Looks like Tommy Hunter's a long-term thing. Um, Robertson hasn't even been cleared to throw yet. And Ar Arano's got an elbow inflammation. So none of them sound ideal. But hopefully we can get at least one of those guys back at some point too. So is it a strength? Well, maybe. And if it can just be better than... What else is in the NL East? Which right now there are bullpens in the NL East that are struggling more than ours. Let me assure you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. 
I've got some more stats coming up, Ryan, about that. <laughs> um, that takes me back actually to that Ariata performance. Ariata loaded the bases and got taken out of the game, and Kapler brought in Alvarez. And as soon as Alvarez came on, you just sort of knew Ariata's going to have a load of ERA runs blasted against him. I don't, I don't rate Alvarez. I, I still think he's a weak link. In my opinion, he's still the weak link of of the bullpen for me. Um, he did come in behind Ariata's base loaded and. All those runs ended up coming in to Ariata's sort of dismay. But yeah, the bullpen on a whole, like you said, is strong. And yeah, the Nationals and the Braves are really struggling with their bullpens at the moment. Um, so, you know, it is not putting us down at all. Uh, last night, again, I stayed up to about 1am to see Catch Aranola. And the three innings I saw of him, man, that was better. That was more like it from Aranola. Uh, his curveball. Whew, it was tying hitters up. It was great to see. Uh, he ended in the end on 5.2 innings, seven hits. Yeah, he did allow quite a few hits, but he also got out some jams. Uh, one earned run, three walks, six strikeouts. Now ERA of just 5.06. It's coming down. And again, encouraging signs from Nola. Really encouraging. Re- really frustrating that he went for the vaunted 5.2 innings because I need quality starts in one of my fantasy leagues, Dave. Just do that extra <laughs> me and you out both. for me. Yeah. Just one, one more out, please, Aaron. Um, but no, even though it was 5.2, I then come down to real-life thinking, and real-life thinking is that's two starts in a row where we're taking the positives with Aaron Nola. So that, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, Aaron Nola's only allowed... Two runs in his last two games uh, with 10 strikeouts, 14 hits. So, yeah, it's getting a lot better than what we saw in his first three outings. And like you said, as it warms up, long may that continue because we need Aaron. Because with Eikhoff and and Eppin, they can keep that going. And Ariata had an off day, but overall, he's had a good start to the month. Had to have Nola up there as well uh, is really encouraging. And some more. Hey, some more stats for you, Ryan. So the team ERA is is 4.18 over that month, is 13th in MLB, is first in the NL East. Man, and people think we've got pitching problems. Our, ER, our team ERA is top of the NL East. Our bullpen ERA is top of the NL East, uh, 4.05, 13th in the whole of MLB again. Our starting ERA is 4.27, and again, top of the NL East. So people are saying pitching is our main problem. Our pitching's actually the best in division uh, in April. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we don't like to blow our own trumpets, obviously, Dave. But oh, no, we, no, no. We're, no. Not, but... we're not the sort to say that. But what I will say is, we said in earlier episodes that, OK, there might not be big names behind Aaron Nola and you might not know these guys in the same way if we'd gone and got a free agent like Dallas Keuchel or... But that doesn't mean that they're bad players. And we we mentioned that there's ability there and there's depth there. And it's nice, you know, especially Eikhoff. To, remember, this is without Nick Pavetta, who isn't suddenly a terrible pitcher. And, you know, we'll mention his AAA start this week. And he's gone down to sort himself out. And yet still we're finding a way to compete mm. atop the analyst. So it's really nice. Exactly. Um, after last night's game, the Phillies are 17-13, and 13, top of the NL East. Um, I, I, tell you, I am really, really encouraged by the start. 17 and 13, it's been a very hit and miss month. The Rockies series was a big low for me. Um, but the way we've bounced back, our divisional record is really good this month. 13-8 in the division. That's exactly what we need to be challenging for a pennant this year. 
And there's still so much more to come. There's more to come from that rotation. There's more to come from the bullpen. There is definitely more to come from the offense, especially with Bryce Harper's struggle at the moment. He's going to warm up. The weather's going to warm up. He's going to warm up. And despite a bit of doom and gloom at times from the fans, it's actually, take a step back. We scored 146 runs um, that month in April. Only 100, well, only 134. 134 against, plus 12 difference in total in April. Um, again, best in the division. It's, it's actually not that bad. We, we played the Braves, uh, beaten 3-0. Uh, we played the Braves once, beaten 3-0 in the series. Marlins, who faced twice, 5-2. and two. The Nationals, who faced twice, 2-3. and three. We'll hope you put that right this weekend. We faced the Mets twice as well, 3-3. Three and three. So, yeah, a 13-8 National uh, League East record. I'm happy with that. Yeah, really positive. I mean, if, if you can be, what are we, 17 and 13 overall, I think, if that can be your record and you're saying, well, we're not playing really anywhere near the baseball that we think that we can, then, well, that, that's all right, because you're already four games over 500 and you're sitting atop your division and you think you've got more to come. I agree with you. Greg Murphy agrees with you, because I heard him talking to you the other day yeah. saying that this team's capable of even more. And I think he's right. So let's see where we go. Let's 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 do this. It is. It's May. The weather's warming up. It's going to mean... No, it's going to warm up. Harper's going to warm up. I'm feeling really positive for May. And it's a really interesting schedule. May, we go into May, we've just faced the Tigers, but we've got the Nationals. And interestingly enough, that is the last divisional series we have until the 15th of June. So this is a real chance to now see other teams out of the division, uh, see how we are comparing compared to the other teams around the National League. May is a very, very central-based schedule. We've got, we've got the NL Central how many teams have we got? We've got three, three teams at NL Central and one from the AL Central in May. We've got six games against the Cards, three against the Royals, seven against the Brewers, three against the Rockies, four against the Cubs, and of course, two just had against the Tigers. That's an interesting month ahead. Yeah, very. Um, the Nationals, you perhaps couldn't be facing them at a more convenient time. Uh, Trey Turner's on the injured list. Anthony Rendon's on the injured list. Ryan Zimmerman is on the injured list. And what I, I don't, my favourite, Juan Soto has a bad back as of last night. So we remain to be seen whether he's okay or not. I, I, I hope that all of these guys are okay for the record um, because I like baseball's best players to be out on the field, um, not on the injured list. But from a Philly perspective, if you can get after these guys while the Really, the meat of that lineup has pretty much been decimated because Rendon, especially, is their their main man. Soto's their understudy to the main man, and Trey Turner's the leadoff guy that's supposed to be stealing seventy bags this season. So we got to we got to get after these guys this weekend and try and try and win this series. Yeah, it's an important one to hit, kick them while they're down, so to speak. That we miss Scherzer and Strasburg as well which is also a little bit encouraging. We've got Eikhoff versus Helixson. Uh, Helixson's got a 2-0 record, uh, 5.82 ERA. Eikhoff will be looking to bounce off that start he had against the Marlins and carry on that. Saturday, it's Corbin versus Arietta. I've not seen much from Corbin so far this year. Have you, have you seen much of him? Yeah, he's he's very good, Dave. <laughs> he misses bats, and he yeah you. So Corbin, Max, and Strasbourg, the other two you just mentioned, are all off to 
pretty good starts, and they're, they're the elite three. Um, I think Helixson and Anibal Sanchez, who I assume is the other guy that we're going to see. He will, yes, yeah. Oof, yeah, th- those two are off to what you might call questionable mm. starts. Cor- Corbin Ariata's ERA is literally exactly the same. Corbin 3.58, Ariata 3.46. Could be a bit of a pitching duel, that one. On the Saturday night, uh, then Sunday, the game will be hopefully uh, we'll be watching down at Passyunk Avenue is Sanchez versus Zach Eflin after Eflin's complete game uh, and looks so so good against Sanchez, who's had a horrible start. He's 0 and 4. His ERA is 5.91. Oh, I hope we can beat him up on that. That would be a that'd be a good way to kick off the the big stint away from the division. Yeah, he's he's struggling, as you say. Let, let me give you one guy, a little bit of positivity for any Nationals fans who might have tuned in. Carter Kiboom, who's come up, or Kai Boom. Uh, uh, so, yeah, who is he? I saw you got a home run the other day. Yeah, this this guy's a talent. So he, he's a shortstop. I believe he's playing shortstop with, um, with Mr. Trey Turner out. Um, he's got some pop. He's got a decent play approach. Um, he's only very young, but that's an interesting name to watch. Um, Okay, if we're watching one more, then Victor Robles is mm. a talent. He's a he's a sort of home run and speed guy. He he'll be fun to watch as well, but hopefully not too fun while they play the Yeah, fight. yeah, yeah. After he can do whatever he wants after this series. <laughs> uh, Herrera also hopes to be back on Sunday. A lot of talk coming out for the that Herrera will be back and called up for that Sunday game. Uh, we are two and three against nationals so far. Uh, ERA against nationals is seven. So we, we have struggled against the Nationals so far. But I tell you what, I think we've gone up since then. They've gone they've gone the other way. Um, our average against them is 2.58. So far, we've had 27 runs against them uh, and 39 against. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of work to, to do to turn that around. But uh, we had to say we're playing them at the right time. Right, so that was the Nationals covered. Now, next on to the Cardinals, which I don't know a lot about. So let's go into the Cardinals now. The Cardinals have made a stunning start, 20-10. and 10. Um, My knowledge of the Cardinals, again, is not great. But, Ryan, how do you see that series going? Very dangerous offense uh, the Cardinals have. Um, and a pretty deep bench as well, an offensive bench. So people coming off to pinch hit um, as well. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Uh, the one to watch for me is Paul DeYoung. He's off to a fantastic oh, He's start. in my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah that's he... the only player I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's blistering. And it's not that surprising to me because he does have certainly legitimate power and he's already got five dingers. But he just seems to be absolutely barreling up on everything right now. But sort of like the Phillies, and perhaps even more so, it's the the depth of the lineup through the order. And sort of hitting eighth is Colton Wong, who's always he's always had a problem. Um, so he's been a platoon guy, sort of struggled from one side, but they seem to have he seems to have figured it out. And he's hitting eighth, and he's walked seventeen times and only struck out eighteen times. And this is a it's a deep lineup that you've got to be pretty scared of. And your prediction for the week, three games against the Nationals, three games against the Cards. This could, well, that, that Cardinals series could be a really, really good one. That's really going to test us. That'd probably be our, our toughest, the way they've started could be our toughest test so far this season. Um, but then we usually raise our game for these big tests, don't we? So what are you thinking for this week, mate? Um. I, th- I think we should be aiming to, to take two of three from Washington. 
Um, and to be quite honest, if we only took one or three from St. Louis and we, we ended the week three and three, then I would say that's been a, a very good week, actually. I, I would actually be happy with that. Um, so I'll say three and three and, and try and be realistic. It, it sort of depends who we're going to line up against for the Cardinals. That Their rotation is one question mark. Um, Jack Flaherty is obviously very good. Um, Miles Miklas is probably pretty good as well. Um, but the other three guys, yeah, maybe, maybe if we line up against any of them, then maybe we can take that serious well, too. <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you what, I tell you who we avoid. We avoid. Well, I'll, say, I'll tell you. I've just lost it. Uh, we have. We avoid Watcher, and we avoid Flaherty. I okay. think, and we we may avoid Hudson. So we may get and likely to get uh, Mikolas. I don't know anything about him. Wayne Wright, who I do know. Uh, we may get Watcher, but we we will we will get Wayne Wright. We will get Mikolas. Uh, their other guy, I don't know, but. I'm with you. I'm going to say three and three will be a good week, especially against the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to say I think we're going to hit the Nationals while they're down, especially when they're coming to our place. Uh, and what I tell you, what a series that will be for Bryce Harper to warm that bat, bat up again. Oh, the perfect opposition, perfect opposition. Uh, I'm going to say we are going to beat the Nationals. Do you know what? Two one. Nas- I mean, Nationals may get one somewhere. The way our season's gone so far, they they will. We don't. You know, but it's a serious win. We'll take that. And uh, why not? 2-1 against the Cards as well. I'm going 4-2, and two, Ryan. Yeah, man, good. This is the trend of this podcast. I'm supposed to say 3-3. Three and three. You're supposed to say 4-2. and two. The viewers <laughs> or the listeners already know this. They could have yeah, guessed this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we have had a good week, bad week, good week, bad week. And we're on the back of a good week. So it, it could easily go, actually, the other way. 4-2 and two the other way. But... I'm I'm optimistic, Ryan. I'm I'm I think our rotation's warming up nicely. The weather should be good out in Cardinals in St. Louis. It should be quite warm, and in uh, Kansas as well, uh, where we're heading to soon. So that should be that should be a boost as well. So yeah, go on in four and two, four and two. Nice. I'm going for. Right uh, up next, hey, let's go through the player of the month. Uh, what do you reckon, Ryan? Who do you reckon player of the month? Um, player of the month, I, probably offensively, Hoskins and Franco are the two, aren't they, that have really, really played well. But for me, I would like to give player of the month to Zach Eflin. I know he hasn't been perfect, but for what he's brought to the table, for what we might have expected or worried about him bringing, has been night and day. So for me, Zach Eflin is player of the month. Uh, I agree with that, pitching-wise. I agree that pitch was my overall player of the month. Uh, my vote went to Franco. Just the, he's blown the expectations and he keeps this up. He is on for an incredible, incredible season. Before I get to the player of the, the month results that we put out on Twitter and Facebook, listen to these stats, man. Home runs this month, Hoskins eight, Franco seven. That is just brilliant. That is brilliant. What a start. They're both on for 40 plus home run seasons. <laughs> Uh, if 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 they maintain that sort of thumb, brilliant. It's only Cody Bellinger that's sort of keeping Hoskins out of the national line. Oh, in fact, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm actually wrong. No, Hoskins on nine. He got one last night. I forgot. So that's because wow. I wrote this yesterday. No, so actually, no he's he still on nine. can't get Bellinger out of the headlines. No, I know. Not yet. 
Not, <laughs> not, not, not until we play him, uh, which is the beginning of June. Then nice. we'll see. Yeah. And then RBI is Hoskins and Franco, 25 each. Wow. They're well on pace for 100. I know it's, a, it's just the, the first month, but they are well on pace. They're both in the top 10s for home run and for the RBIs. Um, player of the month, right. 385 votes on Twitter. And the winner was... Drum roll, drum roll. Um, <laughs> uh, we need some sound effects. I don't know if that worked. Maybe they didn't even no, hear that. That was awful. Banging that my was, office desk. <laughs> was, I was banging the paper. Yeah. Oh, that was dead. We need, I need to work on sound effects for this, man. We, we, need, we need a sort of tense, uh, who wants to do millionaire music. You know when they play it just before Chris Tarrant gives the answer? you saw all this out my respect for you I already respect you mate this is oh. going to go through the roof if you get all this sorted oh, I'm on it I'm <laughs> on it challenge I'm on it uh, anyway anyway oh number <laughs> screen's just gone blank uh, turn it back on right the winner was Michael Franco with 43% of the votes Hoskins second with 37 Zach Eflin 12% and JT Real Muto with Eight percent, but to be fair, all of them had a great month. Um, some of the comments, let's go. Um, uh, Phil Cons uh, started off super hot and went downhill after Segura went on IL. Colorado series was a disaster, dropped a few games to poor teams, Marlins, and last night. Uh, oh, this is obviously before the uh, Tigers win. Another starter would be ideal on getting Adubo and Kingery back. Um, yeah, you know what? Most of our slump did come when uh, Segura went on the IL, didn't it? Uh, yeah, um, it did. Um, I would just say Colorado wasn't fun, but at least we took one of those games while we were sort of down with some injuries and so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah, I take the points, but I don't think we need another starter. I'll say that. Uh, individual 671 goes uh, player of the month for April. I'd have to go to Franco because of his unexpected contributions, both offensively and defensively. Good point. He made a, f- a couple of great plays last night defensively. Um, Michael Franco has been as good as anybody, hasn't he? He's on fire. He's uh, he's really doing well to get 25 RBIs out of like the mainly hitting out of the eighth hole. I know he sort of moved up a bit this week in the in the lineup with the injuries, but yeah, well, full credit. He's doing fantastic. Best eight best eight holer in the MLB at the moment, without a doubt. His uh, <laughs> yeah. only his only disappointment has so far has been all aspects of the team's consistency. Yeah, but I believe I believe that will come and. I believe a lot of that falls on Gabe's shoulders. Interesting point. It's interesting. Dave, can I just say that the great thing about you is you, you've literally just told us earlier in the podcast that you know nothing about the Cardinals. You don't, you don't really know that much about certain other teams. And then, then you, with confidence, you tell us that Michael Franco is definitely the best hitter out of the eight hole in the old days. <laughs> what do you know about the Royals, Dave? Who's their eighth hole here? Is it Mondesi? <laughs> ah. I'm, like, I'm only messing with you. I just love that you are you're such a blind Phillies fanatic that you will go with the Phillies on everything, man. I I, it, it's blind faith. It's I blind love it. hope. It's, it's a hope that kills you, and it does. Um, UK Braves says I like to go on record and saying he is being impressed with Franco. This is the same guy who described Michael Franco and his wheelchair at third base in the season preview show. Uh, so he's turned his opinion around. Uh, Fred Stanley says, top of the division, so you won't find me moaning. Bullpen has quietly improved. Biggest worry is Nola, as we need him to be at the top of his game. 
and now he's got that new contract. Uh, Franco and Hoskins have both been excellent. Um, yeah, top of the division. We shouldn't be moaning, really, and it's a bit early to be moaning, even if even if it wasn't. You know, the, everybody else is slumping. The Braves at the moment are getting thumped by the Padres. They're about to go below 500. Their Nationals uh, are about three games below 500. And at these early stages, Ryan, it's us and the Mets that are actually starting to look the two better teams after April. Yeah, I've mentioned to you privately that I'd be a bit worried as a Nationals fan, um, just because, not just because of the injuries, but there's a lot of youth that they're relying on now. So, I mean, Robles and Soto are fantastic talents, but to ask players that are sort of 21 and younger to, to be the meat of your lineup and to take you to win an NL East division, is it's going to be tough to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be worried. I think that the other three are, are all still very capable and it's very early. Um, and what I would say is Greg Murphy touched on this. You know, the idea this this year is to to get into the playoffs. We haven't been there for a while. The, we've been on a down period for almost, uh, you know, eight years or whatever it's been. Um, if this team can get into the playoffs and he compared them to the sort of 2007 Phillies, they can do anything close to that and give themselves a chance in a playoff series. That will have been a very successful season. Yeah, what what struck me when he said that this team reminds him of the 2006-2007 team, suggesting that this team is is going to be good. It's he, he said he could even win a pennant. It's good they're going to get the playoffs, but it's you know what they do next year. Adding to that, then becoming that 2008 team, they once they get a hunger for it. We haven't been the postseason since what 2011, 2012. Was that okay. our last postseason visit? So it's been a long time. None of these players. Uh, well, not many of them have been to the postseason. So when they get that taste for it, if they get that taste for it, um, and then with a few more quality additions, then they could become that 2018. Yeah, I I know what he's saying, and he, he very well made history may prove him to be absolutely right, or the future will. But what I would say is, if this team can get to the postseason, there's there's no sort of uh, Sports is very strange. There's no reason once you're there that you are sort of destined to be a, a first round exeter. Once you're there, you have a chance to win the World Series, and it doesn't oh, matter whether what? it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're a young team or a, a team that hasn't done it for seven years. Or it really, I, I'm not trying to you know get you to get over excited and get you ready it. to. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> but that is true, you know, and I, I know why Greg said what he said there, and I, in a way, I do agree with him. It does feel like that sort of scenario, but history doesn't have to repeat itself in that way. You get in the playoffs, you can win it. Why not? Oh, We're not in the playoffs yet, though, Dave, so right. calm down. <laughs> you know, my mind was just drifting away then. It's like, oh, my God, he's right. He's right. We he was win. dancing down Broad Street. Oh, yeah, I was already <laughs> playing my flight over. Uh, the parade was on my mind. Um, the Fields fan says, Adam Morgan, Player of the Month. Definite worthy mention. Fantastic month for Adam, nice. Adam Morgan. Uh, Brett, uh, at Brett says, Franco has been the Player of the Month. Sixth in MLB batting average for an eighth-hole hitter, as well as fourth in OPB. Fifth in slugging, one in home run and RBI. I think he means for the NL East. This team is about where I thought it, they would be. Interestingly enough, the same record as the 2018 per at 2008 fills, which is a really good account to follow, by the way. Um, yeah, interesting comparison so far. But I think we were the, about this stage last season as well, weren't we? So uh, let's see what May brings. 
Exactly. Yeah, there's your cautionary tale. That does feel different. There's more experience. There's more quality. The lineup's different. But yeah, that is a cautionary tale. Nice one, Dave. Uh, TM says slightly worse, mostly with respect to Nola, feast or famine scoring, Caesar and his error of gaffes. But however, Caesar has done pretty well offensively, but he's had four errors this month already. Phillies are quite high in the errors list. I couldn't, I didn't jot down where they were, but I did see they're quite high. But a lot of them, Herrera, um, not Herrera, Hernandez had four, Harper, um, I'm gonna start again. Hernandez had four. Hoskins had three and Segura had three. So the majority of the Phillies' errors this season have come from the same three players. Um, and interestingly, Segura had made three, which I hadn't realised. There have um, been some ugly ones, haven't there? Hos- Hoskins sort of just needs to keep his head in the game sometimes. I think he sort of defensively seems to... You know, switches off. Switch, yeah, switch off, especially so. that one. I can't remember who it was against, but that easy throw at first base that he missed and actually probably cost us the game. Was that against the Rockies? I can't remember who it was against, but it yes, really... Yes, that's right, because that, there was one game against the Rockies that we really just sort of threw away, wasn't there? But, that was know, it, I, yeah. I've seen a bit too much hate for Cesar than I would like to see, actually, on some social media tw- channels. Not so much on our page, um, just in general on, on Twitter. Um, you know, Cesar brings a lot with the bat, and he's a, he's a veteran as well now. He's, he's been in the team for a while, he's been in Philly for a while. I want people to back Cesar because, yeah, the errors need to be cut down. They'll be working on that. Um, I like Cesar is all I'm saying. Can I say that? I like Cesar Hernandez. I like, so I like let's Cesar I, I do. I, I think he will cut his errors down because I think he's is defensively up better than what he's played so far, as, as history's proven. Um, Stays hot with the bat. He's he's been just as big contributors as anybody else in that offense. In fact, he's been one of the better contributors offensively than uh, other players in the team. So he's he's had a bad start to the month, bad start to the season. The first two weeks he really looked shaky, but he really has improved a lot. And a long may that continue for Cesar. Um, Jeffrey Branch says, to be honest, I expected better than sixteen thirteen, as there were at least five games we gave away. Still, I can't complain about being in first place. As for player of the month, you've got Gene Segura, who's been in top of the lineup spark plug. Um, yeah, Segura is, we've, we've touched on it a lot already, haven't we? He's, he's just been, he, the boy hits, doesn't he? he? The boy gets on base. Yeah, and it's an energy. I think there's something about having those players that have a little bit of speed as well, isn't there? There's just that like, oh, he's on base. Okay, so he, he could steal second now. And he he's, you know... There's just something about having one of those sort of smaller, very good hitters that, that bounces around the place and gives you that energy. I don't know whether that's crazy. I sort of feel like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it's, it, you know, I just, Harper looked better playing behind him yesterday. He didn't strike out. He is seeing the ball. He did make contact with the ball. I don't think Harper's too far away. You just feel that Harper needs... Uh, a double or or a, a single or, or just a crappy little single just to get him going just to get that just to get his timing there just to get him on base get his confidence back up um and then you feel he'll kick on um but i don't think looking watching last night he wasn't too far out and um, i'm not i'm not getting down on harper at all yet i'm not and i think the boos were massively exa- over exaggerated by the media um, especially media outlets outside of Philly. I saw the Nationals media jumped all over it, expected, standard. Um, but I'm not getting down half yet. I don't know about mm. you. 23 walks already, um, 38 strikeouts, but that, that's, in, that's impressive. He's hit six home runs already. 
Uh, I've told you to forget batting averages, so what, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, I, keep forget, I keep forgetting. Yeah, he has, a, forget. he has a contact issues. We've mentioned this on some of the preseason previews. He doesn't always make great contact. He's not a Gene Segura. That's not what he's about. He has a very good batting eye and he has very good power. He's, he's going to get on base. It doesn't matter whether he does that with a single or a walk. A walk's as good as a single, pretty much. All right, You can't always drive in and run with a walk because the bases aren't always loaded. But you're getting on base. That's the main thing. And his OPS right now, on base plus slugging, for anyone who's interested, is... 848 that anything over 800 is good which is so, one of the highest which is one of the highest in uh, in the NL East yeah so no no cause for concern um you should expect that batting average to be iffy even towards the end of the season it might only get to about 250 that that is Bryce Harper that's who he is mm. um on facebook daniel churchill says it's been a mixed first months and to be honest i think we're lucky to be where we are at the top the bullpen has started to show their strength, or the offense has shown that they are capable of doing. Uh, can't wait for or when can't wait for when all cylinders are firing. Agreed. I think this month we'll see a little improvement from the first pitch. Uh, from the first pitcher of the month for me is Eflin. His uh, last outing proved it. Player of the month is difficult. A lot of players have shown their worth. Hoskins pips it for him with his home runs and RBIs. Otherwise, Kingry would have been my choice. Uh, he, if he was full of energy and hunger. Oh, he's full of energy and hunger, which is a joy to watch. Wish him well in his recovery. Roland May, hopefully see some very good baseball from the Phillies. Uh, Pat O'Leary says, Hoskins is my favourite Philly, but I have to go with Franco for the best month due to how he has exceeded expectations. Yeah, I think that's generally across the board. He's blown away my... Ex- well, he, he's not blown away my expectations because I always back Franco. At the start of the season, I said Franco's going to do it. Breakout season for Franco. I was sort of tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I wanted it so badly to happen, and I did believe it. Uh, and and nice, I believed in Franco. Yeah, nice little uh, addition to your bet with the uh, UK Yankees chap as well. So Franco's really helping that. So What is that bet? Hoskins has got eight, Franco's got seven, Harper's got six, and JT's got four, I think. That's 25, I that's, think, isn't it? That's 25. Sanchez, Sanchez Grand Slam the other week. I, I know I'm, I'm quite far ahead. I think you're ahead. I mean, you've been helped by, by the way, Sanchez, Gary Sanchez and Mr. Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, both have spent time on the injured list. Now, you, you might say that that means that your opponent there has been unlucky. However, Stanton in particular has a very, very checkered injury history. And he, he didn't spend much time on the IL, if any time, I don't think, last year for the Yankees. But with the Marlins, as UK Marlins will probably tell us, it was almost half of his career there on the injured list and half of it hitting 50 home run pace. So that he did take on a lot of um, injury risk with this bet. And you have four players, he has three as well. So that gives you a little bit of an advantage. You, you've gotten, you know, if one of yours goes on the injured list, well, you've still got three guys. So, yeah, you're doing all right. I think you're on for another £50 pounds there, Dave. Early signs are good, Ryan. Early signs are good. Sorry, Jackie, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> we'll tag him. We'll tag We'll make sure he listens. Yeah, we'll tag him. We'll tag him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Yankees are... Uh, although the Yankees actually are doing... Better than what I thought they would with all the injuries that they, they, they've had. Although they faced some pretty weak opposition, but credit to the Yankees. No, I can't credit the Yankees. No, I take it back. Take it back. Right. I can't give credit to the Yankees. I can't do it. 
Uh, Darren Pitt said Hoskins with 24 RBIs is outstanding. Definitely on pace to break uh, 100 this season. He's on 25 now after last night's game. David Lewis said I voted Franco for contributing to silence. Uh, sorry, for continuing to silence the critics. Honorable mentions for Kingery, Eflin, and Velasquez, who are also all exceeding expectations. An honorable mention. Honorable mention. Ryan, you got any more honorable mentions? I think everyone's been mentioned actually so far. No, no one's mentioned Hector Neris for remaining nice and calm in some tough situations. Yes, and in situations that he would have blown last season and seasons gone by. So definitely, there is definite progress from Hector Neris. And I love the guy. I said <laughs> last week, I love his passion. I love the smile he plays with. I love that he shows his emotion, his re- relatability to, to me and other people. He isn't like Nola, who can keep his emotions in check. You never know what Nola's feeling. But Neris, you see it all. He gives it all on the mound. He's, again, he's another player who's sent down. He's come back up. And ever since he has, he hasn't looked back. And OK, it was a, he, one of the games, was it Marlins last week? He stayed in for 1.2 innings and gave away some crucial runs. Yeah, he got asked to stay in longer than he normally does. I think he wants to do an inning. He's never going to be this sort of... Josh Hader type to come in and give you two or three. Oh, but, Josh Hader's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, it's no, yeah, that's an unfair comparison anyway because he's yeah, the best yeah. of the best. But <laughs> Josh, Josh I'm just Hader. trying, to, oh, <laughs> trying no. to think of someone who does that regularly, you know. Um, so I give him a pass for that. Once he sort of gets into his second inning, it becomes more more of a difficult task. Hey, hold on a minute. Before I carry on, isn't hasn't Cardinals got the guy who throws... The relief pitcher that throws like 105 mile an hour. Ah, Jordan Hicks. He's off to a good start. Yeah, is, is, is that the Cardinals? Yeah, that's Jordan Hicks. He's closing for them right now. Um, and the big name behind him is Andrew Miller, who's not off to a, a, a hugely fantastic start. Um, but there is another guy in their bullpen that I'll mention, John Brebia. You want to watch out for this guy who's got um, an absolutely outrageous start to the season. So a very, very low whip, and I think his ERA is at like 0.49 or something. But good strikeout stuff, very solid setup, man. Their bullpen's starting to look like a bit of a strength because John Gant is also very good. So you don't oh. want to be going into the latter innings against them with a, with a deficit. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, I just picked a free one against, uh, two one against them as well. Now I'm not too oh, sure. Possible, Dave. But, um, hey, look, we'll see what happens over there. Um, Jim Mc- Jim Hatton says, I'd go with Franco. The Hounds were out to trade him, etc. Now he's kicking ass. No one has been disappointing, but only because he was stellar last year. Yeah, true. Uh, hopefully Pavetta will get back on track. He struck out 14 the other day in six innings. Vince has looked good except the last start. Yeah. Pavetta, 14 strikeouts in his... Um, was that his first minor league games has been sent down, was it? No, I don't believe it was his first. I don't think it was effective in his first. But, yeah, the strikeout stuff's hopefully not gone anywhere. We've said about the curveball. But if, if we can keep the rotation in the majors going well, then he's going to get even more time to, to refine it. So, yeah, And, and there, was, there was talk... What do you think about the talk of Pavetta coming into the bullpen when he gets called up and and being effective from there. Do you think that would work? Yeah, I, I think possibly, yeah. I think it would because of the the ability to miss bats and to use that curveball more than he is able to um, as a starter. And also, I know that De Los Santos is up right now, and I like Eniel De Los Santos, but he's a younger guy with less experience. 
I don't want to see him rotting as a guy that never really gets used that often. Mm-hmm. So I think, really, he needs to go back to AAA and carry on developing. So I'm not sure he's going to stay up in the majors for that long, if I'm quite honest. Yeah. And finally, Harry Andrews says, as, as uh, Dan said, it's been a mixed month. Offense has cooled dramatically since their blistering start. Yes, they were never going to continue at that rate, but they should pick it up again. Biggest plus over the month has been the improvement shown by the bullpen. And after his last start, hope for the return of the real Aaron Nola. At the moment, it seems like the, uh, when the pitching is hot, the offense is cold and vice versa. If it will all come together, it will make for a very enjoyable season. Yeah, that was the month, wasn't it? When the pitching was good, the offense was a bit off key. And when the offense was off key, uh, the pitching was good. But when it comes together, Ryan... Hopefully this month we'll start to see it more. We could have one hell of a team. Yeah, for sure. Look, look plays a role in all sports. People don't like to talk about it because as soon as you mention luck and having a bit of bad luck, I think people think that you're, you're sort of making an excuse for your team. That doesn't have to be the case. Sometimes in baseball, you know, you, you're right. The things just don't come. You've got the pieces, but they don't quite fall into line. You don't get the, the hits quite when you need them. You get them at the wrong time. So yeah. ho- hopefully that sort of rounds into itself. So, Ryan, that's I think we've pretty much covered the April we've had pretty well. Uh, we've looked ahead to a little bit of May. And as we get into May, we'll keep track. We'll get Jamie on next week to discuss the uh, this series we've uh, we would we would have had with Cardinals. Hopefully, a two-one win. Um, but uh, right, any other thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to give you one minute of very quick prospect Ooh. rundown. I'm, I'm going to try it. and introduce this. Maybe I can do this weekly. We'll see. Go so on. the first the first guy that I'm going to mention is starting pitcher Spencer Howard. He is at High A Clearwater. Um, he has got some pretty filthy stuff and a very lively. Fast, fastball. He's uh, pitched 20 innings so far this season. He's striking out 13.5 guys per nine innings. And he's, uh, his control is rounding out. So that's a guy to watch. He was scratched from his latest start. Hopefully that is a sign that he's not hurt and a sign that he's going to get promoted to double A. That, that would be the next step, hopefully. Um, very quickly, the other guy, Alec Baum, first round pick from last year's draft. He started the season at low A Lakewood. He has he had a very rocky start to his Phillies career uh, last year. Um, there were question marks, but he's off to a blistering start. Three home runs already. He's also stolen three bases. He's walked 12 times, only struck out 14 times, and he's Ooh. recently been promoted to high A Clearwater. Clearwater, that's a fun team to watch down there. Yeah, there's some talent in that team. Yeah, there we go. So there, there is talent, and this is—it's not a bad farm system either. But they're my two guys for you to watch right now: Spencer Howard and Alec Baum. Yeah, love it, Ryan. We'll we'll have more of that. We'll have more of that. Um, on the quick on the fantasy baseball. Hey, we beat the Yankees UK guys just to compel Jack's misery. Uh, we are three and one. Uh, we're still behind the Cardinals and D-backs in our division. They have got to a four-zero start, but ourselves. The Cubs UK, Marlins UK, Giants UK, we're all on 3-1 and one, and we are thrashing the Mets this week. So we should be going to 4-1 and one, uh, just to compound their misery. Uh, and before I go, hopefully see you guys on Sunday, a lot of you on Sunday at Pasha Young for the Nationals game. 
Again, thank you to everyone who is rating and subscribing to the podcast, and I'm really glad you're enjoying it. Greg Murphy was amazing, uh, and the one just gone, he gave me more time than what he said he would. Uh, he seemed to really enjoy it. You guys really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and we will try and get more guests on like that. Uh, maybe T Mac or, or even John Crook. That would be that would be such a fun podcast to do. Uh, but we are definitely, and I'm definitely working trying to get some more guests like Greg Murphy onto the podcast uh, in the future. Uh, finally, get this Ryan San Diego Padres eleven, Braves two, top of the seventh. That is a beautiful, beautiful sight. Yeah, it's beautiful, for sure. Matt Strom gave up two runs. I thought he was going to give up none. Oh, my fantasy mind, Dave. <laughs> um, prediction for... Oh, it's so hard, actually. Six games against the Cards, three against the Royals, seven against the Brewers, three against the Rockies, four against the Cubs. 25 games in May. We don't see another divisional series until the 15th of June. Ryan, how do you see May playing out? I know you're on the spot here. Well... I, I see us going hopefully slightly over 500. You've got to aim for 500 now. If you have the month of 500, you're going to be four game. You're going to stay. You're going to be four games over 500 going into June, which is not a bad place to be. So just just get 500 month slightly over. Fantastic. We keep the train rolling. Yep, exactly. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us, uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Ryan, ring the bell. Ring the bell, Dave.